This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 156 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UFC slash mixed martial arts. Thank you very much for coming along. Um, if this is the first time that you've ever stumbled across us, you can subscribe to our podcast um, via our website, fightdisciples.com. There is an episode, a UFC episode, every single Tuesday. Uh, for you to download. Looking back and looking forward to events that are coming up uh, in this sport that we all love. You can also keep up to date with everything that we're doing on social media as well, where there's videos and various things of us meeting up with fighters and what have you, uh, all available on our website, fightdisciples.com. I have no doubt there are going to be plenty of people, as I've seen on our social media feed over the last um, three days, um, where people are saying, told you so. Bispin's this, Bispin's that, all these types of things. Now, this is where I stand at it with Michael Bispin. I'm going to be dead honest with you. At the end of the day, he peaked in the twilight of his career, did the boy, and has achieved far more, in fact, achieved what he was supposed to achieve uh, when he set out on this journey uh, in the world of mixed martial arts. But sadly, nothing lasts forever, Mm. all right? And there comes a time where we've got to say, listen, enough's enough. We've got to... We've got to maybe just call time on it. And when you're a fighting man, it's very difficult to be able to call time on things like that. Us as British fight fans owe this dude an awful amount. Without Michael Bispin, would we be in the situation that we're in right at this moment in time, getting the access that we get, enjoying the things that we enjoy from the world of UFC? He was the trailblazer. He was the pioneer. He's the one that started all this off. And what a journey he has taken us on. Now, I'm not saying it's over. This is for him to decide, okay? But for me as a fan now, a man that has followed him for such a long period of time, especially since uh, the days of Tough when he won that and got himself into the UFC, the records that he has uh, held, some good, some bad, becoming the champion of the world, you've got to doth your cap and you've got to go into the Hall of Fame and we've got to celebrate him as a person as uh, a person that's going into the Hall of Fame. All these bellends that keep tweeting me and messaging me and getting involved with our social media saying... Ah, Bispin, he got lucky. He 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 caught Rocco with a lucky one. Listen, maybe so. For how lucky you get, the harder you work, isn't it? Maybe so, right? But I don't give a shit. The yeah. amount he's never ever backed down. That kid mm-hmm. never ever backed down, and there's something to admire in that. And it's always good when, or should I say, it's always easy when someone fails to say, "I told you so." Yeah, always easy to say that. Of course. End of the day, man, he took a fight. On three weeks' notice, three weeks from losing his world title, yeah, to step up to save a card, to do what he did at the weekend. I mean, you predicted it to be fair that Gaslam would be extremely dangerous in the first two rounds, and Mike's got to watch himself. Yeah, it was a brutal knockout. Nobody wanted to see that. I no. did. I felt sick watching it. I'll be honest with you, but I'm not going to let it turn what he's done over his career. I'm not going to say, oh, you know, where we're at right now, for example, in the world of boxing with Manny Pacquiao. When Manny Pacquiao does hold it up, I'm not going to remember Jeff Warren and various things like that. I'm going to mm. remember Barrera and Marquez and all those types of fights of from down the years. And that's what I'm going to do with Michael Bisping. I'm going to remember Kung Lee. I'm going to remember knocking out uh, Rockhold. Luke Rockhold. I'm going to Anderson rem- Silva. I'm going to remember him getting absolutely de- done on UFC 100 against Anderson. I'm going to remember yeah. those fights. They're the fights that I'm going to remember from Bisping. Not right at this moment in time. Yeah. Unless he sparks Vita Belfort out in uh, <laughs> in yeah. London, maybe who knows? But for me, the legacy is complete. 
I don't think he needs to do it anymore. I really don't. Even London, I don't think he needs to do it. But for no. him, for his own sanity, he's probably going to want to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I said I said this to to Dan Hardy, you know, and I was like, why is he still doing it? You know, he's achieved all he's ever achieved. He's just lost the GSP. He doesn't need to keep going. He's like, yeah, but he's a fighting man. He can't stop. He doesn't know when to stop. He doesn't know how to do anything else. And you can go, he's fucking brilliant on TV, though. He's yeah. good at this. He's good at that. And there's obviously is, opportunities for him. But that's been in his blood since he was a kid. Yeah, he loves to fight. This is what he's put on man, this planet to do is fight. So walking away isn't that easy. You know, it's like Dan Hardy himself hasn't fought for years. But if you speak to Dan and go, are you going to fight again? He goes, yep. He's, he's adamant. One day he will fight again because they're fighting men. I think that was the thing with Bisman. And listen, I look at this two ways. I still can't get away from the fact of my reservations last week when I was like, what the fuck is a guy who got choked out 21 days ago? Got He's got no... He shouldn't be in the in, a, in octagon again. I'm still got. I've still got issue that, with this. That quickly is what you're saying. I've I've got a big issue with the fact that mixed martial arts hasn't got a unified ruling where if you get submitted or knocked out, um, you have got a suspension like in boxing, an automatic thirty day suspension. I've got an issue with a sport that doesn't protect its athletes in that in that way. Dan argued with me saying that it's different being submitted than it is to be knocked out with a punch. And I get that completely. A submission, someone is closing your windpipe, your brain is drained of oxygen for a couple of seconds, it switches itself off temporarily. It's kind of like fainting. There's no long-term effects or certainly non-recorded. And within seconds of being submitted, anyone that will know that's been submitted, you remember everything. It's not like you've got a loss of anything. It doesn't necessarily damage your brain to any great extent. But... What we're forgetting is against George St. Pierre, he was dropped by a left hook just like this. That left hook scrambled his brain. That left hook led to him being submitted. He was unable to defend himself adequately from a submission attempt from a left hook. He was punched in the head. Prior to the George St. Pierre fight, he had an amazing fight camp. He told keeps saying he had this amazing fight camp, best of his career, and that's why he wanted the Gastelum fight to prove that he didn't want that camp to go to waste. But in that camp, his head got bashed everywhere again. Then prior to Gastelum, he must have gone, you know what? Let's just do a week of sparring just to keep me sharp. And his head all got bashed again. You know, these guys need protecting from themselves. A fighter like Mike Bismuth, the fucker will fight every week if he, can, if he can. It's in his nature. He wants to fight. It's up to the UFC and his management team around him to go, listen, Mike, we know. We know you'll save the show. We know you will fight in Shanghai. Fucking Dana White and the UFC know that. But we're your management team and our, our job is to look after you. And as your manager, you, I, you're not fighting in Shanghai in 21 days. You've just been had your head scrambled and been submitted by George St. Pierre. You've got no business. Great that you're going to save the show. Not your fucking job. Let Dana White and the UFC worry about who's going to save the show in Shanghai. You've not got to do that. But unfortunately, they jump straight in. And again, uh, you know, that for me, that's Michael Bisman's management. That's their problem. Someone there should have said no. It's not happening. It's not happening. Then I look at the UFC like this. Why are the UFC putting, in a time when Conor McGregor's getting better offers in the boxing ring than he can get in the octagon, which is probably why his, his return is dragging out as long as it is. When they've got John Jones fucked, they've got Dan, uh, Anderson Silva's career completely fucking laid to bed as well. You know, this is, the UFC right now are desperate, absolutely desperate for pay-per-view stars. They've got to fill these pay-per-view spots to make enough money to service the debt they've got on buying this organisation for $4 billion. Why the fuck are they taking one of their very, you could count on 
one, maybe two hands, the number of actual pay-per-view. People that drive the pay-per-view market for them. Bisping is definitely one of them. Why the fuck did he let him go and fight on a Fox show in Shanghai? 21 days after headline and the biggest, most successful pay-per-view, not involving Conor McGregor of 2017. Why the UFC doing that? Who the fuck is running the business model? Some of the UFC's going to be going, listen, Mike, thanks for the offer. You're a fucking pay-per-view star. Sorry, if you want to, you can roll straight into 218. If, if someone pulls out at UFC 218, Mike, we've got your number. Thank you, sir. You're a pay-per-view star. You don't fucking fight in Shanghai on fight night events on Fox on free TV. That's not what you do. You're the former middleweight champion. It's like there's no fucking business plan behind it. It's like, what are they doing? It's bonkers. It, it was only on Saturday night when it, when it all played out and I was painfully accurate in, in when I said Gaslam's super dangerous for two rounds. As soon as the fight started, and, you know, I was... Mate, like, before. Before. When Bisping looked like... Even Dan Hardy said that in the commentary. When he was walking Bisping to the octagon... looks like he's going for the paper. Mate, when he was walking to the octagon, I shit my pants, right? Mm. Because that's not Bisping. The music come on, I was sat down... First of all, by the way, I'm putting in a request. That, Amazing. I'm putting in a request yeah. that all UFC events take place in China because <laughs> time ma- difference. Mate, oh. we've done the kids' football on uh, Saturday morning, got home, bacon butties on, feet up, right, baby's in bed, you clear off, I'm here now, the job done yeah. for three hours watching Perfect. this. Absolutely yeah. superb. I know. So two o'clock in the afternoon, Bispin's making the octagon walk, out comes a little bit of Blur and Song 2. I'm thinking, I'm pumped for this. Yeah. And then Bispin's like, Trotting. He looked like he was going to get the Sunday papers. Subdued. He looked like he was going to get the Sunday papers. Not arsed. No. I'm like smiling at people in the crowd, no. touching fists. That's and not all what that. Bispin does. As soon as he as soon as the camera went on him, I went, Oh no. He's not he's not in the right frame of mind for this. Yeah. And he gets in there, he goes and touches gloves with Gastelum, and I'm thinking, yeah. This ain't Bispin, mate. What is going on here? He's too relaxed. Far yeah. too relaxed. He gets in there, they have a little bit of skate around, he gets and then he gets chin two and a half minutes done out of Absolutely. He was man. not in the right frame of mind personally for that fight. I don't yeah. know whether he un, un undercooked it with Gastelum, whether he took him lightly, I don't think he did. He just what it was like it was a man doing something for the final time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When He'd realised that his career, he's had a great career. He had, as we achieved said, more than he oh, thought absolutely. he would. Eighteen months ago, he was resigned himself to never winning the title. But somebody was taking off. Somebody was taking something that he loves away from him. That's yeah. what it looked like. And as he was making the octagon walk, I went, "He's not. He's not pumped for this. He's no. not up for it. He's not Michael Bispin. No, he's not Michael Bispin. And that wasn't Michael Bispin at the weekend. No, he looked very jaded. And um, even the way he, he obviously took it like a champ. And he said afterwards, you know, all respect to Gaslam and all that. But listen, let, you know, let's not beat about the bush here. Gaslam's a fucking fat welterweight. He's very good. And he's got, and I said this last week, he's got some of the best boxing in the UFC. And he can of hit. any weight division. He can hit. He's got fast hands. And he's got a very accurate left hook, as he fucking ever proved on Saturday afternoon. And, you know, if you look at look back now at the GSP fight, what set up the submission? Left the hook. left hook. What has Mike Bisman got issue with? His right eye. He hasn't got great see it, uh, eyesight out of his right eye. And he and he holds his right hand really low. Exactly. It, it, it was he just, just a recipe for, for absolute disaster. If you've got a left hook, fight Michael Bisman. It, it was just a recipe for disaster, an absolute recipe for disaster. And unfortunately, as it played out in my living room on Saturday lunchtime, I was like. Fucking hell, I, I I kind of knew this was going to happen. Because, what? listen, I've moaned about management, I've moaned about UFC, complete shit show by the decision makers. It was a fucking, completely the wrong decision. But you know what else happens in MMA? And it happens all the time in MMA, more so than even boxing. The MMA gods are cruel. Like, 
this this shit happens all the time. Mm. He's just had a fairy tale eighteen months. He's had a fairy tale. Look at Brad he Pickett. wins the title. Brad Pickett. Exactly. Beats Anderson Silver, beats Dan Henderson, lays that ghost to rest and gets a fight with George St. Pierre. Fucking hell, Mike. That's you've had more rubber the green with the MMA gods than I can remember anyone at this level for a very long time. It it just it, it, it played out perfectly. We were saying he scripted it. He scripted these eighteen months. It's been amazing. And then that's when the sport goes, okay, that's enough of that. Now we're going to bite back. He's never lost two fights before, back-to-back. He has now. And you know what? I think he goes into a third fight as an underdog, regardless of who it is now. I think psychologically, how Bisping bounces back. He's adamant he wants a fight in March in London. Never lost in London. Never lost in England. Listen, I don't know whether that's a good idea. No, it's not. I think he needs to fuck off with his wife and kids for six months and disappear into family life and get the hunger back, get the old Michael Bispin back. I want Michael Bispin to be at 100% for his final fight. I don't want him going and going, oh, but it's London and I don't want to miss the boat. You know what, Mike? They'll be back in London 2019. Do it then. Do it then if you need to do it. We don't need to see him in March because I think Michael Bispin right now is a wounded animal. And I think he, if he goes into, he'll have Christmas off, straight back into training camp, won't change anything, won't be anything different. They'll get someone like a Vitor or, as I suggested, a Loyota Machida, I think would be a, a good opponent. I think someone he can beat. Uh, I think Vitor, is, even though he's, you know, again, similar on his way down the hill, still carries a little bit too much danger. I think Machida would be the one. For, but you know what? I talk about this fight like I want it to happen. I don't even want it to happen no more. No, I, I, don't. Don't, I don't want to see Michael Bisping fight in March. Do you know something? I want... I want to be able to. I want the British fight fans to be able to show how much Bisping means to him, and give him a swan song and give yeah. him a sending off. Yeah. But I don't want to see the fight. I don't want to see it. I, you know what I mean? Because I'm so nervous and so yeah. on edge of what might happen. I don't want to see a legend of the sport, a guy that we've looked up to, and a guy that we've he admired. He deserves to go out with a win. Of course he does. But like, that's not how the sport works, no, it, man. No, it isn't. It's not how the sport it isn't. works. And all these records that we've spoke about, he's never lost back-to-back. He has now. He's never mm-hmm. lost in England. Well, it's there. It's waiting uh, for him. Uh, what would that do to him? That would fucking cripple him. That would cripple Mike to fight in London and lose mm. on his last fight, a third consecutive loss. Mm. That would tear him apart. That would tear. I know the man. That would tear him apart. Mm. I just think he needs to do anything but fight for six months. Just fuck off. Do Fox TV if you like him. Talk about fighting. Stay away from the ring. Jason Perillo should lock the doors to the gym. Keep him away for six months. We don't need it. We, we, you're not. You're not doing us a favour, Mike. We'll we'll still be here. The fans in the UK will still be here. The end of 2018. I'm kind of being selfish here because I think that until probably will fight in Liverpool back end of 2018 I can see that happening maybe even in the summer maybe that would be better for Bispin mm. you know he's from Clitheroe's just up the road anyway why, you know why not let him come to Liverpool then so we just I just think March in London it, he'd need to enter fight camp end of December obviously first week in January at the latest I just don't think it's enough time to have a break man he needs to switch off mm. I, I couldn't agree more regarding um, Kelvin Gastelum I know we've been harsh on Mike but Kelvin, yeah, okay, he's a blown up welter, but he you can only beat what's in front of you. Fuck yeah, of course. And he's beaten the former champ. Yep. And took advantage of the microphone. Yes, brother. That's what it's all about, mate. You get, if you do that, take take full advantage. Yep. Calling out Bobby Knuckles for a little bit of Perth. Mm-hmm. If GSP's injured or if GSP can't make the fight, why not? Exactly. He's just, th- be, he's just beat the former champ. It's a, it's a fight that makes perfect sense as well, I think. Uh, Two lads that can strike. 
two lads who are former welterweights who have moved up to middleweight as well. Uh, I, I think, you know, obviously for me, Bobby Knuckles is probably the best in the division right now. I, th- I think every other fight in that weight class as well is, is tough on Gaston. You know, we've seen him step up before. And got you know when he was underneath Chris Weidman on the yeah, floor. Yeah, Weidman wrestled the it, shit it, out of him. He just looked like he looked like a fat welterweight mm. against Weidman. Um, and I think you know I think Bobby Knuckles being a former welterweight himself makes sense for Gastelum more than a Luke Rockhold or uh, you know he's not going to fight Weidman again necessarily. But there's a lot of beasts in that division that Gastelum needs to stay away from. Mm. You can see at the weekend Gastelum, you know Mike is so much bigger. Gaston's carrying a lot of beef. He's got he's got a decent, he looks a bit flabby. He's got a little bit of chunk on him, mm. and I think that catches up with him at the top level. Yes, he's caught Bispin here, but you know, does he beat Bispin twenty one days ago? If 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 GSP pulled out and Gaston got brought in in New York, no, does he do that to Bispin then? No, potentially he does because of because of the man of the shop. Potentially he does, but. That Michael Bispin wasn't the same Bispin that walked out Madison Square Garden. I don't give a fuck what you say. The guy that bounced to the ring at Madison Square Garden was completely different from the guy that walked, strolled to the Octagon in Shanghai. And for me, that's the problem. He only went to Shanghai that's on Wednesday. Problem. He exactly. only went to Shanghai on Wednesday. So that, that's the problem. That's the fundamental issue I've got here. If you're going to let a guy fight again inside 21 days, inside a month after he's lost, lost a, a tough fight as well. You know, it wasn't like... GSP choked them out in the first round. You know, they had a bit of a ding-dong before he eventually got submitted um, and he took some shots. So I, I just think some responsibility again should have come into play here because that's not the Michael Bispin that won the belt. That's not the Michael Bispin. That was a Michael Bispin that just turned up in Shanghai what looked like a payday. Mm. And that's not who Michael Bispin is. No. Shocking. Uh, this week, though, we roll on to um, more events. First of all, we've got a bit of action Friday night. So the early hours of Saturday morning, we'll get the tough final. Yeah. Uh, tough 26, the inaugural female champ at £125. You bothered? Didn't even know it was happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously I did. Obviously I did. But uh, I've, I, listen, I've got to be honest here, hand on heart. And, you know, and I, I, listen, I, I make a living covering, writing about recording, broadcasting, talking about fight sports. I haven't watched a single episode of this tough. Same. Couldn't give a shit. I haven't watched a single episode. And you know what? I've seen clips because I've seen like the Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje highlights because, listen, we're going to come on to it. That's a fucking fight. That's a fight. That's our fight of the night this weekend. All right, come Guaranteed. That's the day after. We'll come on to that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not asked about who the female flyweight champion is from this group of people. Couldn't care less. And we've already been told that Paige Van Zandt's going to fight whoever does win it this weekend as well. Mm. So, will I be interested in it then? Maybe, Maybe. a little bit because I know Paige Van Zandt is. Could I tell you who's in the lineup here? Only because I'm looking at a, a sheet now and I can see Nico Montana is in the women's flyweight final against the TBD because the show's obviously Wednesday night in the UK. Do I care? And will I even know who the other girl is on the opposite side? Probably not. Mm. You know, has it been a good season? I haven't seen a fucking single headline in the industry saying this happened or that happened last no. night. So I can only imagine it's... And how much were we into it when Dillashaw and oh, Garbrandt was we, we in were, charge? We were buzzing about it on the show pretty much every week. Yeah, yeah, couldn't get enough of it. So, and, and you know, it's not like Alvarez and Gaethje haven't, haven't, I'm sure, had good TV because both of them are the way they are. Yeah, but the Proud level... fighting men. The level of fighting in the Dillashaw and Garbrandt was world-class. It was exactly. top-class stuff. You know, and, and you, you've got a group of women in here contesting the flyweight belt I get the narrative I kind of get why it's happening should it be happening on tough nah I don't give a fuck about tough no so uh, this season of tough 
I haven't given a damn about. So that's Friday night into Saturday morning. That's UK I'm talking now, obviously. Yeah. So um, listen, from a UK fight plan perspective, this is a good one because Brett Johns is on there. Mm. The undefeated Welsh Gypsy. If you've never seen Brett Johns before, the guy's a beast. He's fighting Joe Soto, who debuted in the UFC, fighting Dillashaw for the title. So it's a massive scalp opportunity for Brett Johns. I think Soto lost a couple, but he's just won a couple. So Brett Johns can really put himself up in the top 15 rankings at Benz and Wait here. Undefeated Welsh kid. Mental, absolutely mental. Proper lives in a caravan, one of them full-on uh, gypsy guys. If you've not seen him, tune in. His, his post-fights are usually pretty entertaining as well. Um, but he's, he's got a fucking super tight little team there. That little Welsh team that he fights out of is a really hot little little team and they're going to do good things as well. So yeah, look out for Brett Johns, Friday night, the Welsh pikey as he goes by. So that's the tough 26 final. That's on tough. The night that's after, it is UFC 218. Yes. All right? So that's the night after. So in the early hours of Sunday morning here in the UK, this is yep. what you're going to get, This man. is your main course, baby. Well, the main course, you've already mentioned Eddie Alvarez and Juchin Gaethje. They're actually putting that on, um, and there's three fights after that. Wow. Which is ridiculous. Wow. To be fair, as I look down it, Sergio and Sergio Pettis, after back of what Sergio did last time out, it could be a decent fight, this. It could be quite entertaining. Yep. I know that Reem and Nagano is going to be ridiculous. Ooh-wee. And then we've got Holloway Smoke and Arnold Part 2, which we'll get Smoke to in show. a minute. So let's go to the first one, what you've just said, all right? So Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje. So, okay, so why is this not headlining on Friday night? I've no idea. I don't know, because it normally does, doesn't it? Well, they, they, they've kind of drifted away from that a little bit, but for me, maybe because the they tough know finale well. should have the coaches mate, on it. Mate, listen. Because it'll drive pay-per-view. They know full well, right? Justin Gaethje already is a pay-per-view star. Yep. The highlight. Eddie really. Alvarez has been in with Conor McGregor, so people recognise him from that. Yep. They'll pay money. Oh, Eddie Alvarez is fighting this new fucking nutcase. Right, okay then, let's have it. And he is an absolute nutcase. His debut in the UFC last time out yep. was probably the fight of the year. This, with two lads, that all they want to do is throw fists. That's all they want to do. They don't want to do anything else. No. They just want to stand and whack each other in the mush. First one goes, right? Yeah. This is going to be brilliant. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be amazing. For anyone that hasn't do remember, seen... Do you know when we predict fights? When yeah, we yeah. say, oh, this is going to be brilliant, and then sometimes they're a stinker? Yeah. Whenever we've done a Justin Gaethje fight, Oh, listen, every single one of them's it's been not brilliant. rocket science. It's it, it, he's not known as the human highlight reel for nothing. The fucking guy is mental, absolutely mental. This guy, if you've not seen him before, you've got to watch this event just to see Justin Gaethje live. Could potentially be my favourite fighter in the UFC in terms of. The fact that I just sit down with a box of popcorn. You know, you know, obviously, Darren Till. I'm going to say Darren Till because I know Darren. I'm going to say Danny Roberts and I'm going to say a couple of other people, you know, and Bisp- uh, Tyron Woodley and Bispin and, yeah. you know, people who I know on a personal, you know, I've, I've engaged with that I obviously will side with and get a bit of sweaty palms. I actually secretly want them to win. Justin Gaethje, I sit with popcorn for him. He, this is the guy where I just go, fuck yeah, this is going to be awesome because Justin Gaethje's attacks to it. He was in the World Series of fighting what felt like forever, came over to the UFC, fought a top contender than Michael Johnson, starched them in two rounds, and it was like, like the human highlight reel has arrived. But he, this guy he, said, 18 yeah, but and 0 record, starched, 15 listen, knockouts. You said he starched him in, in two rounds. It's a great was, fight. Yeah, and he was wobbled. He Mate, was all over the gaff. He's fucking wobbled in every fight. <laughs> That's why he's the human highlight reel. It's not like, well, listen, Justin Gaethje's not like a John Jones, Anderson Silva, no. you know, even Mighty Mouse kind of 
ultra technician that Doesn't is just like, oh, mate, this guy's just a brawler. He blocks he blocks punches with his face. Exactly. That's what he does. This, this guy has literally just fell out of the local fucking boozer <laughs> with a belly full of Budweiser and he's just swinging for the fences. And that's kind of how he fights. He will take three to land one. And unfortunately, it's it's kind of like a, this is a, this is the weird thing about fight sports. You get your technicians, you get your people that you follow, you get people that you follow for various reasons, no. and you buy into everything about them and all that. And you're like, oh, he's a technician, and oh, he talks Don't so give a shit. well. This and, is an entertainment. This game. guy is just a fucking lunatic. <laughs> when you hear him talk. Try and ignore the fact that his slurred speech means that he's taken far too many shots because he's basically putting his brain on the line for our pleasure. This is one of them where you don't want to go... It's kind of... As a fan, you want to go, yeah, just in case she's fine. I hope they don't scan his brain because it's fucking mush. He's got mushy peas in his head. The guy's fucked. Like, he's going to be... This guy will be spending the latter days of his career having his fucking Christmas dinner or his Thanksgiving dinner through a straw. That's a fact. That's It's gone. He's gone. He's fucked. But for now, he's here. Let's just enjoy him. <laughs> Perversely, let's just enjoy the fact he's a psycho. He fights like a lunatic. It's kind of when you watch him, you're thinking, oh my God, we're watching a guy basically pummel himself. But from a pleasure, from a fan point of view Mate. entertainment point of view he's fucking sensational and he's undefeated it's amazing how, how? how is he undefeated <laughs> how is he undefeated with the Honestly, way that he fights it, it's, it, maybe maybe he truly is the Terminator maybe maybe he truly is because I've seen him get rocked you know what I'm just going to pick a couple of fights out then check his record he's every been rocked in most of them <laughs> he generally gets rocked in pretty much every fight then then uh, i remember those lewis palomino fights when someone was like that to me have you seen did you see that fight with the weekend and i was like no no i'll go and i what mate he had two fights with him and they were fucking mental they were fight of the year contenders this guy was in a time when ufc dominates this sport world series of fighting's not even two three it's probably that it's down the pecking order in terms of best promotions yet this guy and his performances and his ability put this put world series of fighting on on the map mm. these guys were getting world recommendations and shortlisted for world boxing uh world mixed martial arts awards purely based on this guy's fighting ability and now he's coming to the ufc the world can see what he's all about and you know what Yet again, a perfect dance partner in Eddie Alvarez. A guy that's got it all to prove after losing to Connor. A guy that's already a future Hall of Famer himself. Done it all. Eddie Alvarez has done it all and more. Wore the t-shirt, won, won every belt there is to win. It's a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. If he beats Eddie Alvarez, how far is he off? Mate, the title not, fight? Not far off at all. Not far off at all. Maybe one more win after this. Maybe he fights, you know. It's tough at the moment because let's let's forget about Connor then, because Connor's not really involved in this sport anymore. Uh, until until we get a fight date, forget about him. He doesn't exist in this in this sphere. So you've got Tony Ferguson as the champ. You've got Nurmagomedov just underneath there. Nurmagomedov's fighting Barbosa, isn't he coming up? Which is a great fight, mate. Gaethje, big performance here against Eddie Alvarez. If he can stop Eddie Alvarez, I think Gaethje's right up there in the mix. Then you you can't really deny the fact that he's. He's banging on the door. And the way he fights... World title shot in three UFC fights. That's unbelievable. Mate, 100% can and should happen. Because the way he fights, it's entertaining. Anyone can go, fucking hell, he can't... Yeah, but he can't... If he does that again, if he does that against Tony Ferguson, he can't... If he does that again... Mate, he does it against everyone and he still wins. 
It's a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. I just hope, to be honest, I'm gutted it wasn't on Friday night because it should be a five-rounder because mm. it would be insane. Absolutely mm. insane. That's the fight of the night this weekend. There you go. You've gone You've gone early on your fight of the night. Oh, it's just no we'll come, listen, it. we'll come back for Nick Picks in a minute. Uh, Sujudo versus Sergio Petty. Sujudo uh, bored the living daylights out of me for a long period of time, mainly because I think he was finding his feet in mixed martial arts where he was a supreme wrestler. Yep. And I think now that he has found his feet a little bit, he's found what his hands are all about. Yep. He started knocking kids out as well as being a supreme wrestler, which lights my eyes up. You know that I like a guy that can trade, mate. So therefore, let's get this on. This could actually be a really good fight with him and Sergio Pettis. It's a brilliant fight. It's a you know it's pretty much a, an eliminator to fight whoever is flyweight. Flyweight. I'm trying to I'm trying to work out there. This DJ sport's going to work now because obviously. Hopefully DJ is going to grow a set, TJ, and is going to fight TJ, which will tie up this belt if it's at one two five, or maybe they'll do something at catch weight uh, at one thirty or one thirty. Maybe DJ. I don't know. It's kind of wherever it ranks them. Whoever wins this is going to be in a great position. Massive opportunity opportunity for Sergio Pettis, obviously Anthony Pettis's little brother. He's put a real string together in this weight class. He's won mm. his last four or five straight. Um, so Judo's only ever lost to either DJ or number one contender Joe Benavidez, perennial contender. Looked great against Wilson Reese, as you say, last time out with a knockout. Uh, he'll be looking to land his hands again, but Pettis comes from a really good striking gym in Duke Rufus, so fancy him with his hands. So this could be a cracking little fight. Uh, I'm surprised it's above Alvarez versus Gaethje in the pecking order, I've got to be honest with you. For me, Alvarez, Gaethje, uh, it's hard to see that not being... Not being co-main, to be honest. Although the co-main's pretty fucking good. The co-main is very, very good. And this is where I'm going for fight of the night, all right? Okay. Mainly because I think we're going to get a highlight real knockout. Yeah. We're going to get Alistair Overeem taking on Francis Ngannou. We've spoke about Big Frank on this show on many, many occasions. This is the coming-of-age fight. He's absolutely starching everybody for fun. Uh, a man that uh, obviously is French, uh, applied his trade in a country that has banned mixed martial arts, has had to relocate himself to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's where he's uh, doing his thing right at this moment in time, out of the uh, Performance Institute that he's uh, now based there. Yeah. Um, and the guy has got shovels for hands. He is knocking out Overeem within a round. I'm telling you now, boy, that is the shit that's going down this weekend. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, like Overeem, when you look at Overeem's lost... Been knocked out 10 times in his MMA career. Been knocked out a few times in his kickboxing career as well. It looked um, good, though, last time out. It, it looks great now. It, to be honest, his last two performances have probably been his best. Knocking out Mark Hunt with those knees uh, and then uh, majority decision against Vadum um, in Vegas in, in the summer. He's looked better since he's gone to Jackson Wink. He, yeah. he seems to be a bit more nimble on his feet where he was. You know, and there was a reason why he was ploughing forward and just obliterating likes of Block Lesnar and stuff like that because he was just an absolute beast. But uh, you know, those days, those juice fuel days have gone now, and he's got a, he's had to change his game. And all credit to him, he has changed his game. As I say, he's gone to Jackson Wink, and they've got a they've got a, a lot more mobile. Um, the problem you've got is when Francis lands, he detonates, and unfortunately, yeah. Overeem has proved in the past that he hasn't got the chin that he had. Um, when he was when he was uh, chemically enhanced, and um, you know that fucks with your mind a little bit. I think sometimes the juice is a bit of a placebo more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you get the big muscle mass and all that, but you're also you think I'm indestructible. I'm indestructible, yeah, because because I'm juiced up, uh, and he's far from indestructible these days. And when you look at the fact that Francis, as you say, he's uh, Frank's you know, putting him over, man. Stocked his last 
six or seven on the Frank spin. is putting him over in the first round. I'm telling you now, he only needs to land. Clean never been once. the distance, uh, you know. And the, the guy who's never never lost, uh, he's only ever lost. Sorry, he's had was uh, on points and every other win on his record. I'm trying to say ten wins, ten stoppages. Um, I'm like you. It's funny as well because I remember when Overeem got brought into the UFC and it was a massive thing for Frank and uh, Lorenzo Fatia, the owners at the time, because they were massive Overeem fans. They really worked hard on getting him in. They paid him a fortune. He's, you know, he's one of the best paid fighters in the UFC because of that contract they got him on. Um, and it just didn't happen. You know, he got in and got starched a few times. People like fucking Bigfoot were knocking him out and shit. Mm. And you're just like, oh my goodness. You know, they signed him to become the next heavyweight champion, let's be honest. And uh, after beating Brock, it all just went downhill. It's taken time for him to rebuild. But can he, can he get back to where, you know, can he finally live up to that potential? No, that he, that not in this had? fight. He's too old now. I think it's flipped now. I think the golden boy of the UFC in terms of the heavyweight division is Francis now. Yeah, yeah. Francis is the kid. Francis is where Overeem was three or four years ago. He's the golden boy. He's the guy, the grooming to become heavyweight champion in the world and to take the sport into that. It's great that Stipe's the champion because everyone loves Stipe. Top Power guy. fine firefighter. You know, from Cleveland and all that, you know, an area which doesn't have a lot of sport and success or didn't for a long time. And, you know, the narrative works in America. But he's like American football. It doesn't sell outside of America. No one cares about Stipe. Yes, he's got this, you know, very remote Croatian link. His parents are Croatian, whatever. But he doesn't train in Croatia. He doesn't really relate to anybody in Croatia or Europe for that matter. But Francis being an international heavyweight champion, I think that's what UFC secretly wants. They want to have a, a big heavyweight that's international that they can sell abroad, sell to TV markets over here. He, he's, he, he looks like... You know, he looks like a fucking shaved gorilla, let's be honest. The man is a beast, an absolute beast, and fights like one. And I just think, for me, Arlo- it felt like Arlovsky was fed to him at the right time. Mm. It feels like Overeem's being fed to him at the right time. And it's all building towards a big super fight with Stipe later in 2018. Can't wait for it, man. Can't oh. wait for it. This is the one that I'm looking forward to the most. And that's because... I don't know about fight of the night, but I'd be very surprised if that's not a knockout of the mm. night. The uh, well, performance I'm, the, the most night. I'm... The reason why I'm most excited about that one is because the main event, I've seen it. I've seen the main event. Yeah. I don't think I need to see the main event again. Aldo's got to come with something else in order to yes. to, to wet my whistle for this particular fight. Okay. I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that Aldo's got it over Cub Swanson, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but on paper, you look at it and you think the best uh, featherweight champion of all time, taking on the current guy that's absolutely doing the business at this moment in time in Max Holloway. Yeah. It's a good fight on paper, but I think Max, I think it goes the exact same way. Yeah, you know, we, we we mentioned as much last week. And you know what? I've spent, I'll be honest, I've spent the last couple of days trying to come to come up with why Aldo deserves it. Because I was like, you know, I was like, fuck, why has Aldo got it straight away, man? You don't, you know, you don't get stopped in a world title fight and then get a, a rematch straight away. He's done nothing to earn that rematch straight away. Um, but then... You know, there was a lot of talk around that fight, the Max Holloway fight, and certainly in the aftermath that Aldo was carrying an injury into the fight, which is why he didn't do any leg kicks during that fight. Mm. Probably his greatest arsenal is his leg kicks. It helps him keep range, but also does a shitload of damage. If you watch the Max Holloway fight they had um, in the in the summer, he obviously didn't land pretty much any leg kicks in that fight. 
you know, for me, he did the same thing against Frankie Edgar on the fight before and just outboxed Frankie, looked amazing, didn't really throw leg kicks then as well. Is it the evolution of Aldo's game or was it tactical then? But they, you know, injury, you know, it was enforced by injury this time around. Aldo's camp at this time are saying it'll be a completely different story. They're saying he's back to his best, he's injury free. You're going to see a completely different game plan because this time we can kick, this time we will take the fight to, to Aldo, uh, to Holloway. I don't know, I, I'm trying to talk up this fight as best I can. I, I, you know, I can't get away from the fact that my my head is telling me, oh yeah, it could be a different fight. When my heart is basically going, nah, man, we're going to see the same thing. Holloway is absolutely riding the crest of a wave. For me, looks like the future of this weight division. Mm. He's looked amazing. Uh, I would love to have seen him fight Cubby again. I'm like you because I think Cub would have brought it. I think Cub des- deserves it. Since, I, I wanted since losing Frankie, to Holloway. Frankie Cub's fight. done amazing. It's a shame that Frankie got injured, isn't it? Frankie would have been a great fight. Yeah, exactly because it's a completely different style. Uh, but we'll see. You know, at the end of the day. Aldo is the greatest featherweight we've ever seen in mixed martial arts to this point. So for that reason, I'm going to get on board with this fight now with a couple of days to go. Um, and I'm going to see what Aldo's got left. And if he can't win now, I think that could be the end of Jose Aldo, to mm-hmm. be honest. Now, you're going to see this in the early hours of Sunday morning in the UK, or you can watch it on repeats uh, Sunday night, normally about 10 o'clock, isn't it, on BT? Yeah. Make sure you check it out because there's some absolute ding-dongs on there. Eddie Alvarez just didn't get you. Um... Nick's tipping it for fight of the night. You going with Gaethje? What are you going with? I'm going to go with... Uh, oh man, I'd love to see Gaethje win. I'd love to see it. That will be fight of the night. It'll go the distance. It'll be fucking sensational. Split decision then? I'm going to go with a split decision win, yeah. And it, you know what? Toss a coin, man. Could go either way. All I want to see is the, the rematch. Uh, so judo Sergio Pettis I think order is going to be restored here I think Pettis on his win streak will win this fight yeah I'd like to see Pettis win because I'd like to see some uh, you know a fresh contender push towards DJ if it does maybe Demetrius Johnson will be hearing it ringside and will jump in the ring and he'll be fucking wanking all over Sergio because it means he hasn't got to fight TJ fuck that you either fight TJ or you get out. That's as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> or you go home. Or you go home, yeah. We're not interested, uh, Mr. Johnson. So uh, it'd be nice to see Pettis win just to put a fresh name in the frame in this weight division. But uh, I think Sajudo will win this fight. Okay. I've told you what I think's happening in uh, Big Frank's fight. Agree? Yeah. Nagano knockout inside two rounds. Yeah. Maybe okay. first round. Yeah. Okay. Holloway and Aldo. Holloway, Aldo. You know, I think we'll see a much better Jose Aldo this time around. But for me, Max Holloway's. He, he, he is the future of this, the weight, the weight division. I think this, his reign has only just begun, and uh, I expect him to win there as well, yeah. Uh, so there you go then. If um, 217 is anything to go by, put your money on Eddie Alvarez, Sergio Pettis, Alistair Overeem, and Jose Aldo, because everything <laughs> that we have just said will be roles reversed. No doubt. Fucking No doubt. Do you know something? How good would that be, though, if it was roles reversed? Because that's what 217, why it was so good. Yeah, I was exactly. gutted that Johanna got started. Yeah, we were gutted that Bisping got beat. And uh, Cody Garbrandt, um, was probably the favourite going into the fight but getting starched off TJ. Yeah. All those things added to a fantastic night. If yeah. we get that again in this, oh man, we've got an unbelievable card on of our course. hands, haven't we? On uh, do you know what? That's like Nagano as well. It's like, I want to see Nagano beat over him. But you know, if he doesn't, I'm not asked because he's got he's got a few, he's only just starting out in his US MMA career, UFC career anyway. Mm. So it's a great fight to make. And if he does beat over him, then he deserves a title shot. Mm. So it's, it's fucking ace. Uh, my pick of the undercard as well. Uh, David Timor versus Drakkar closer. Thought, um, it, thought it would be. Both those guys are undefeated, and when undefeated guys go at it, usually something a little bit magical happens. So uh, that's me pick for the undercard. Although I think Oliveira, Paul Felder, Paul Felder's never been in a bad fight. That could be an absolute belter as well in in the run up to the, uh, the Drakkar closer. So. Un- so underrated, mate. Really, time, really underrated. Big time underrated. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think. 
he, he finally popped off the page, I think, with his mark with win over Mark Jacasey last yeah, time out. Absolutely, um, yeah. So Mark Jacasey. Mark Mark Yeah. Jacasey, that was us, and I got corrected on this. It's not Jacasey. It is Jacasey. Dear Keys. Dear Keys. Dear Keys as well. Oh, well okay. Anyway, okay. whatever. Mark. Mark from Leeds. Mark. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the Drak are closer and David Timor is me pick of the undercard. Did you see um all the social media spat that DC got involved with regarding Ferguson, Khabib, Barboza, Ariel Hawani was involved in that as well? Yeah. I can see the arguments from both sides, if I'm honest, mate. Now, for those that don't know, Khabib and Barboza will be fighting at UFC 219. However, the UFC have approached um, Khabib with a fight for Tony Ferguson, of which Tony Ferguson has said, no, I don't fancy any of that pie. Don't want it. Uh, So DC's jumped on the back of that saying, well, why not? End of the day, the best fight, the best. Khabib has uh, earned his stripes. Get in there. Let's give him the title shot. Let's make it happen. He's obviously saying that because he's Khabib's mate and he trains out the same gym as him. Ariel Hawani's then weighed in saying, "Um, disappointed in you here, DC. Bob also uh, has uh, earned a fight as well. He's got a fight with Khabib already on the card. Um, Why should we be pulling that fight in order to boost him up the ranks just because 219 doesn't necessarily have a big headliner, even though it's got Cyborg and Holly Holm now. It probably needs another one on there. Exactly. Uh, So you can understand why the UFC have approached Tony Ferguson to, uh, to turn that around. But Tony Ferguson, let's be honest, He's been promised Conor McGregor. Why should he get back in the octagon until it is Conor McGregor? Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I get where everyone's kind of coming from here. Uh, I, I've got to be honest. I think, for me, Khabib has got to win again before he gets a, he a, a mix. Because he was he was matched up with Tony Ferguson. The fight was happening and he pulled out yet again. I love that Tony Ferguson's giving him shit over that, calling him fat boy. Yeah, like, exactly. listen, yeah, yeah. listen, fat boy, get your shit together. Go exactly. and win a fight. Get yourself relevant again and then we'll do it. 100% agree with Tony Ferguson in this regard as well. I think Tony Ferguson has to stay available because Connor comes back, that's the fight we want to see. I want to see him fight Tony Ferguson. Do I think it's going to happen? No. I think he'll probably fight GSP because that's the world we live in. But I'd love to see Conor McGregor fight Tony Ferguson. So Tony Ferguson can't commit to shit. He needs to just make sure he's ready for if Conor McGregor decides he wants wants to do something he's never done before and defend the belt. I'll tell you what I like as well. Khabib Barbosa is a fucking real fight, by the way. And maybe that's why DC's trying to talk his mate out to have to fight Barbosa. Because Barbosa, I'm telling you, man, that kid is super talented. Mm. I'm a massive fan of Barbosa. I've been since the day he knocked out Teddy him and um, my, that guy's got the ability to get it done I'm telling you mm, it's going to be interesting I'll tell you what else has made me laugh this week regarding social media Net Diaz and his management saying that he's worth 15 million dollars if you want to get him back in the octagon yeah fair enough if it's Connor yeah, fair yeah. enough but against anybody else, is he is he fifteen million dollars? They don't pay fifteen million dollars for anybody, mate. No, exactly. Yeah. GSP doesn't get that kind of money, uh, and Connor Connor doesn't even get that kind of money in the UFC. So that's never going to happen. Mm. Never going to happen. The DS the Diazes are just going to keep pricing themselves out of fights from from now until forever. I think. And a final bit of news: Volkan Uzumir <sighs> arrested on battery charges in Florida. The boy. Jeez, man. Just as you're about to get stuck into maybe fighting DC for the light heavyweight championship of the world, yep. you end up getting yourself arrested. And if that doesn't go his way, could get ended up visa issues and all sorts of situations there, and therefore that could be done. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, we don't really want to mention anything at the moment. I think DC put, uh, tried to put a positive spin on it, saying that he was defending himself. So you don't quite know what's gone on. I think DC probably knows a bit more information, certainly the UFC will. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see how that one plays out. So I don't really want to pass comment on it in case 
you know, it's a bit, it's not as... In, kil- in case Vulcan hears. In, in case yeah. it's, yeah, exactly, yeah. But in case it's not as clear cut as what it seems, you know what I mean? Obviously, you go, sibling, battery charge, fuck him, get him out of the country, uh, fuck him off. But I don't think it's as clean as cut as that. I may be wrong, but so I think for now, I think DC is trying to stay positive and thinks the fight will still happen. Mm. We want the fight to happen because Uzumi is on this absolute tear at the moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we need to see that fight. But it makes me think about DC's availability as a potential opponent for Stipe Miocic as well. I'd still like to see that fight too. So, with Kane as teammate looking like he's never going to come back, certainly no noises of it, I'd love to see Stipe fight DC and... I'm surprised already we're not hearing DC go, well, my biggest challenge, John Jones, is gone. You know, he's a drug cheat, so he's out the sport. So I'm going to try and do what Conor McGregor's done and become a champ champ. Does that not say, though, that the the talent pool in the heavyweight division isn't necessarily there for Stipe? Yeah, of course. And that, that that is the issue, of course. That's why Francis Ngannou's getting rushed along. You know, there's four or five guys who are world-class in the UFC heavyweight division. Times that round the world, you know, they, they, the UFC constantly scour the planet for fighters, and you better believe the number one thing they're looking for is heavyweight. But then again, every boxing and MMA coach on planet Earth is waiting for a six foot seven athlete to walk through the door saying, "Please turn me into a champion." Everyone dreams of that; it's mm. the golden ticket. Mm. So, in the UFC, are no difference. And you know, at the very top level at the UFC, there's four or five guys in the heavyweight division that are legitimately on a, a similar level. Mm. Um, thank you very much for listening to us this week. Um, make sure you are all over our social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram because we will be there in the early hours of Sunday morning getting stuck into UFC 218, mainly for Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje. If we're lucky, we might get to see that at about 2am. So we can watch that, go to bed yeah. and then watch the rest, Come back and watch at, the rest at another point of the day. But it should be an absolute firestorm. Uh, make sure you're all over our social media on that. And like I said right at the start of the show, if you uh, if you don't subscribe to us, please do. Come on there. You can get us on uh, iTunes and various other platforms, uh, all which can be found on our website, fightdisciples.com. And if you'd be so kind, if you're on iTunes, as to write us a little five-star review, it does help with our uh, our rankings in the iTunes charts. Uh, because sadly, the iTunes charts doesn't just work off downloads alone. If it did, we'd be flying out constantly on a week-to-week basis. You've got to get reviews, you've got to get five stars and all these types of nonsense that you've got to crack on with subscriptions and stuff. So if you could do that for us, We'd be forever in your debt. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Um, Whatever you're doing for the rest of the week, enjoy it. Enjoy uh, UFC uh, 218 of the weekend, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.